Hi, this is Elijah with Freudian Slip. Today we're talking about preferences and how they um, work with human attraction. We talked about previously about this and I wanted to talk more about it in a different concept, a different way, but kind of similar. So let's get down right into it. So preferences are a kind of a weird thing, kind of a weird point of contention. A lot of society believe preferences are innate, which in my opinion, they're wrong. And if anyone says that's not true, um, they are also wrong. So preferences are more of a societal thing. It's very much based on how you've been internally raised throughout time. Your preferences evolve as you age. Like, come on. You know there are those people who were diehard Justin Bieber fans and now uh, love people like, I don't know, Justin Timberlake or maybe uh, some old person like Blake Shelton. But you understand, as time grows, your preferences will also grow. It's not a static thing. But most people don't well, tend to realize that, and especially because of the way the media and a lot of other biased forms of, like, information diffusion gets, there's a, there's a high possibility most people aren't even aware of the fact that preferences are more of a mental thing that is generally made from how you're taught or raised. So, I've talked to a lot of people um, about their preferences, and a lot of them have, you know, everyday preferences. Preferences generally... If you look at the root definition of it, in a and even in a looser terms, preferences is just you like something more than you like something else. But generally, it also means you still like the other thing. You just like that one thing a bit more, which you which you'd understand. Like we all had those moments when we were like younger, when we were like, "No, I hate vegetables. I want uh, some sort of sweets. I want cookies. I want candy." But like we'd still eat our vegetables at the end of the day. Um, that's kind of how preferences work. Well. Nowadays, preferences have basically been mangled and construed into a completely different concept. It's very much a very uh, exclusive thing. When someone says they have preferences for something, it's usually very subconscious, holding some subconscious bias towards the thing that they're saying they have a preference against. So, for example, there's a lot of people on dating apps. Let's use one of the most popular ones, like Tinder for Tinder has a high capacity of cisgender women who swear up and down that they can only date taller people because they can only find them attractive. Well, why is that? A lot of people will say, well, it's because back in the day, while we're hunters and gatherers, we wanted to pass on our genetics. So we looked for the most strong and powerful pers looking person to pass on our genetics to. And so that's why we now only care for people who are most fit and most who are taller, this and that. Well, I'm going to tell you that's a logical fallacy and here's why. Well, we've evolved so much from the time of hunter and gatherers definitely aren't the same people as we were before. Plus, when it came down to passing genetics, that was only a thing of adaptation because of the fact that during that time period, most people needed to survive the harsh conditions of that time. Well, with the constant change of society, the, the revolution, and so on and so forth, we humans are definitely nowhere near where we used to be, so we wouldn't have the same predilections to need to pass on our genetics with the people that are most fit, most this or that. So that's not a true reason, and that's a constant logical fallacy that people use to prove preferences right. And a lot of times, it's very, it's very faulty reasoning. In fact, a lot of people don't realize that most people who aren't the most fit or the most tall still would have good genetics because looking at the people who are, let's say, uh, very muscular, very tall, they could have very like deeply misaligned genetic 
as well as just a lot of things going on internally instead of externally. I mean, heck, look at me. I'm like six foot six and I have the worst back problems and just a slew of things going on. I know so many people who are like the stereotypical, aesthetically pleasing, attractive type, but like will swear up and down that their body's a whole mess and they have so much going wrong with them. So the thing is, it's just a very big internalization of an idea that preferences are just something that are just innate in you. Because even then, you have to realize that things change. People change. People look different. People can change their style. People can just change anything. We're in a society and in a time of our generation, an era where people could like literally change their face, change their body, change anything about themselves. They can never be the same person if they wanted to. So it's weird to say you will always be uh, have a preference towards this instead of that because that just closed-minded ignorance in my opinion. Like I've met so many people who use preference to justify racism and that's a big issue actually going back to dating apps. A lot of dating apps have this thing where people will use racist uh, mindsets and mask it using preference. It's a very big cognitive distance where it seems though as though they don't want to like put to any introspection or thought that what they are saying is in fact very racist and because they feel like it's their preferences and they can't change it, they, through cognitive dissonance, they just feel like it's okay, it's just their thing. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not how that works. In fact, preferences has an interesting, deeply rooted uh, history in racism. During the colonization period, when, when slaves were more of a thing, a lot of hierarchy of blackness and whiteness was actually, one point, was preferences were created, in fact, to demean Africans who had become slaves, hence why the whole black and white terms were given and made. But it was setting up a hierarchy so you would know who was the master, who was atop, and who was the slave, and who was like less than, not human. And in fact, that continued up to like many, many years even after slavery was ended. Like a lot of, uh, a lot of the whole Jim Crow laws era had so much of that. Preferences has such a deeply rooted history in such atrocities like that people don't really even understand that it comes from that because it was a hegemony of colonialists during that time frame to in fact make sure of keeping well a supremacist like attitude of whiteness in check. It's hence even like something called the one drop rule was was the one drop law theory, whatever you want to call it, it was an idea of if you had one drop of African or black in you, you're automatically black no matter what. So in that way, it was one of those things that gave cadence to the whole idea that you could not prefer this over that. It was it's one of those things that topples over because it's like rooted in such a big stream of like ideologies because of that. So where am I going with this? Well, a lot of the times people aren't willing to take to time to understand how preferences can be not only damaging to the other person, but to the person who has these preferences as well. Because a lot of people will automatically wait their whole lives for people they uh, prefer over anybody who could just be good to them or do, or who even like has something in common. I've talked to a lot of people who would tell me back in the day that they had so many people who they ended up not talking to because they had preferences for 
uh, someone thinner, someone taller, maybe so someone lighter skin, maybe someone with this feature, maybe someone with that feature, they'd automatically blow them off for those other people and those other people would never treat them well. It's because pretty privilege comes from this idea that people who are the preference, who are the perceived standard of beauty, will not have to work at all towards like gaining popularity from others. I mean, you could look at big social apps like TikTok, for example, a lot of the people who are, are popular have what is called pretty privileges. And those are the people that have the most fans and the people that people will say they have the preference for. Well, here's the issue with that. These same people have also shown in many examples how toxic they can be. And people will con consistently say, I rather them than anybody who treat them nice. And the people who've done that have generally been abused. And they won't even like take the time to think about it. A lot of people who have put in the work and introspection time to, in fact, change that mindset of theirs have actually come to realize how toxic their mindset was, how either racist it was, how sex it was, how like classist it was. There's a lot of things that come into the account of thinking about how preferences can really like rule your life, and people won't even realize it. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of the people who make uh, money off of this. There's a lot of people who actually take advantage of the whole preference idea and will even be the one who manipulates a scene, uh, creates subliminal messaging. The people who make this still, there are people like the beauty industry, clothing industry, as well as the health industry. And I mean health industry more towards fitness than medical industry. They're, they're the types that will usually make sure to, you know, sex sells. They'll use the hype and they'll make trends that basically send bias and benefit towards a certain type of standards of a beauty. And they'll purposely keep like uh, distributing it, giving subliminal messages, making it so people are internalized with this. And so that people will buy into that and buy the clothing, take part in these diet fads, get surgeries, this and that. And because of that, a lot of people end up in this uh, group of feeling disenfranchised and feeling dis isolated from other people because they're not the preferences that people want. A lot of people of color are very much so affected by this. There have been numerous studies by dating apps that will talk about how people of color are, well, less liked, less swiped, the less whatever uh, the current means of interacting and connecting with people online and dating apps are. The point is they're usually considered less than. They will basically never get as much attention as their, well, their Caucasian counterparts, and that's very much because of preferences and because of how insidious it can be and how much society basically uses this as a way of not only holding a hegemony on how who's more human, who's less than human. It's still a similar schema of how people will treat people as less than or more than as individuals. So the psychology of it all is you have to think about the way things are, in fact, is people will, in fact, yes, be more geared towards being around people who look like them, which is the idea of that when people are akin to you, when they look similar to you, you'll feel more comfortable and you'll feel like more like you'll be treated at, in a herd mindset. So that does have some cadence to the back in the hunters and gatherers times because we people needed to stick together in order to secure their existence, society and like lives. But that's only slight. And it's so slight that in fact, any form of introspection could, in fact, lower that mindset. It truly does take some thoughts to, in fact, push through that ideology. 
But the issue is, in society, people are way too quick to believe that it's okay to, well, dehumanize people, treat people as less than. There are kind of a lot of times where society, especially in the media, will talk about people as they're not even human. The way we treat people who are, well, a chub your body set is very atrocious. And all because of the idea of preferences, we as a society have definitely failed in a lot of understanding how the real perspective of how the psychology of people and preferences are not at all what we say it is. So one thing people need to understand is if you truly cared about a person, you try to understand them, especially when it comes to preferences and dating, you wouldn't want to make it seem like the only thing you care about of this person is, well, preferences as far as just what they look like. Well, because especially when a lot of the times people will say, well, I'm looking for people to settle down with. Well, if you're trying to settle down with a person, you try to look at their personality and who they are as a person and more than you'd look at their physique and how, well, attractive they are in a internalized subjective way. And like I said, because of it, it's an internalized idea based on a lot of parts of society. You have to realize that this only is truly a thing because society says it's important. But how important really is it? Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about preferences like insects. So I've done some studies on this, some surveys, some of my own research, and heck, sometimes I just even pose a question anonymously and see what people answer. And you'd be surprised how many people answer in a very just odd way. So I'm going to use men as an example with this. I posed the question to men, do you think that there is a innate difference in sexual prowess from ethnicity to ethnicity or body size or so on and so forth? And overwhelming majority said yes. And when I asked why, well, they gave stereotypes. They gave stereotypes. And you got to understand, stereotypes exist because yes, there is some rootedness in some sort of ideologies of facts, but not always. And especially a lot of the more recent stereotypes are not rooted in facts or in any form of like logical reasoning. So I remember one of the answers was, well, I think Latino women or Latino men are very like sexually promiscuous. They're very uh, passionate. They're very outgoing. They're, well, that's more of a, that could be a cultural aspect. Yes, but that could be for any ethnicity. It's not specifically a thing per, pretty much only for Latino individuals. So, and as I explained that to them, they seemingly just couldn't comprehend it. And that's where cognitive dissonance comes in. Idea that I use logic to reason that their understanding of this wasn't in real factuality. They couldn't really come to a real consensus with the inside of their mind. So their only way they could deal with it was just to push it off. They kind of just like shrugged it off like, well, it's just my preference. Well, Here's the issue. A preference for something that you didn't even logically reason made sense. And that's with a lot of people. And let's let's even go with uh, phallic size. A lot of people will put a lot of emphasis on the size of the phallus. Yes, phallus has been an icon for masculinity and as far as power and dominance for, well, more of a contemporary few decades. Maybe like a decade or two. But here's the thing. In many ways... Previously to, honestly, this current century, and even, like, 
less than before that. Phallus sizes being bigger were quite honestly considered gross. They're considered unnecessary. If you were smaller down there, you were considered more of the standard of beauty. Well, now it's a more of a contention of people who will say, well, if you have a smaller than average penis, which you automatically aren't, well, a man, which already has its own issues with equating phallus having to being a man. But then you have to think about the fact that people think uh, phallus sizes really does dictate any real element of attraction. But here's the thing, in all honesty, say, let's say most vaginas are only like, what, five to seven inches at most in depth. And most anuses at most or further, but majority of the time you cannot get any further as too much inside will cause anal tearing. So the most you could try to go into is about four or five inches in as safety. And yet here we are in a society where we put so much emphasis on the phallic size. Uh, we have condoms specifically geared towards um, inflating the ego of someone to try to say, hey, you have a magnum dong, we'll have our magnum condoms, or so on and so forth. Well, it's akin to why preferences are insidious. What's what's really the need for having a bigger phallus size? As I just said, majority of the things that people will think was sex-related with penetration, you wouldn't need to be any bigger than about six inches, and you'd be fine. But people are so willing to look at this idea that you have to have a bigger phallus size to be important. Well, it's because how much preferences are rooted in stereotypes, bias, racism, sexism, fat phobia as well. So much of it is rooted in awful ideology that it's a wonder how some of these people even have anybody in the first place to date. I mean, there's so many people who have so many preferences that just basically equate to like five people in their dating pool or just... And preferences even alone aren't just a thing with dating. It goes way beyond that. Like Michel Foucault once said, power exists in all realms of society. It's not just those of who, the elite who have it. It's everybody and it's in every point of your existence and livelihood. So understanding that quote, you look at the fact that preferences even exist in friendships. Something you'd think would be like, as long as someone very much relates to you and treats you with respect and just kind of gets along with you, or as a younger crowd will say vibes with you, you'd think you'd want to be their friend. You'd want to get to know them. Well, let me tell you this. A lot of people have preferences for friends, and they won't tell you about that because, well, it'll make them sound bad. But here's the thing. People won't, people will most likely want to be friends with people they think are attractive. And that's actually a big and hotly debated subject. Like I said earlier, people will go towards people that look just like them, and especially people who are attractive to them. And even if they're not going to date them, they still want to be around them because they look attractive in some way, shape, or form. Here's why preferences can be bad. So people will purposely treat people that look good better than people that they don't prefer, and they'll treat those people worse. So a lot of people of color who are not to preferences for people in dating will also have less friends of the more majority classes and the more people with the pretty privileges and the, the perceived preference rate of beauty because they aren't into them. They don't have a preference for them, so they won't treat them well even when it comes to making friends. And there's a lot of individuals who say the same thing with how they've been treated badly because of how they aren't the preference for this person. 
or the other people. Like, just take most chubby people. Most chubby people will be called so many bad insults. And even if they're not about dating, even if they're not trying to date someone, just being their people's friends, they will have a hard time making friends with people who aren't also chubby or understand what it feels like to be that or is open-minded because of how preferences just deems you unworthy just basically for existence. And that's basically where the whole insidious aspects of it comes in. It's held in multiple realms of society. It's not just dating. It's how you treat people, your friends, uh, who you want to hang around, who you, who you command, who you want to talk to, the compliment you give to people, what you say to someone. Maybe even things like tipping someone. People will, in higher percentages, tip women, white, skinny women. That's a fact. That's such a highly looked at statistics where people who are, in fact, those who have pretty privileges will be tipped better, specifically because they are the preference of that one person. And people who, let's say, people of color and masculine people of color will definitely have less people who will tip them because they aren't the preferences for a lot of people. And so just with that example alone, you'll see how there is a big issue when it comes to preferences and how it has a realm in multiple levels of society. So ultimately where I'm going with this is when you say you have a preference for something or someone, really think hard about what you're saying. All reality is most likely your preferences are rooted in some sort of bias internalization and what you might be saying will have more of an impact than what you really think. Because there's a lot of people whose lives are very much taken for granted and mistreated because of the fact that they aren't the preference for a lot of individuals in society. Well, if you come to the end of this episode, thank you all for listening. This has been episode four of Rorian Slip. And just remember, a lot of what I have to say is more from my experience as a psychologist, as well as someone who is a writer and a comedian. So I like to take a look at society and do my own sort of studies and research to fully understand the realm of existence with people in a micro and macro level. So. Of course, if people have their own opinions, well, that's fine. But these are all generally my opinions. Have a fantastic day.